The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Charlottesville, I'm Megan Moore. Richmond City Council spoke to candidates seeking to fill an open position on council Monday. The 9th District seat was recently vacated by Council President Mike Jones, who was elected to the Virginia House of Delegates in November. Three candidates, Angela Fontaine, Nicole Jones, and Stephanie Starling, made their case to a committee. Council Vice President Krista Nye thanked those who came forward. We did not make a decision today, but we hope to have more information by next Monday. The interim council person will start in January. Dozens of new legislators are coming into the General Assembly this coming session. They're replacing others who had been in the chamber for many years. VPM News reporter Jad Khalil reports on how lobbyists are poised to fill the experience gap. Just over a third of delegates will be new members. In the Senate, it's even more. Almost half will be new to that chamber. That means many legislators may be unfamiliar with parliamentary procedure and industry policy. I may differ from some lobbyists. I think that the turnover is a great thing. Carter Whitelow is a government relations advisor for Williams Mullen, one of the biggest lobbying firms in town. Now we're kind of starting from square one, but it presents an opportunity for people like me to educate new members, and I'm truly excited about that. Virginia's legislators are also part-time. They meet in a jam-packed 60-day session, which limits their ability to take their time to learn about an issue. Chris Saxman is a former delegate and heads Virginia Free, a pro-business group. The General Assembly, when it meets, is not a deliberative body, it's a decision body. One piece of continuity is the House clerk. Democrats chose to keep on Republican Paul Nardo, who runs that chamber's business. The legislature gavels in on January 10th. Jad Khalil, VPM News. An investigation is underway in Virginia after a massive explosion leveled a duplex in Arlington Monday night. A video posted on X went viral and shows the moment the duplex burst into flames. The explosion occurred around 8.30 on Monday evening, just as officers were trying to execute a search warrant for the suspect inside the duplex. The Arlington Fire Department evacuated neighboring homes ahead of the explosion. Arlington police named the suspect, 56-year-old James Yu, on Tuesday. They say Yu was inside the duplex at the time of the explosion, and he is presumed to be dead. On Monday, the Richmond School Board voted to install metal detectors in some of the division's middle schools. The school board has been considering a proposal to install them since March, after a student brought a gun to Thomas C. Bushel Middle School. Eight members supported the proposal, and one abstained, according to WTVR. Some school board members said that the metal detectors would be a, quote, scare tactic, not a precautionary measure. The board did not set a timeline for when metal detectors will be installed. The city of Richmond is working to renovate and move the home of Emily Winfrey, one of thousands of black Richmonders who transitioned from bondage to freedom during Reconstruction. The cottage, given to Winfrey by her former master, David Winfrey, currently sits in Shaco Bottom, but the city plans to move the structure to its original location in Manchester. Morning Edition host Phil Lyles spoke to Jan Mack, who recently co-authored a book about the cottage called The Life and Legacy of Enslaved Virginian Emily Winfrey. 
Jan, tell me about the cottage and why it's so important to you. Well, the cottage is this just little two-room house that was given to Emily after the Civil War by her ex-owner and the father of several of her children. He also gave her 100 acres of land in Chesterfield County. So in 1885, when she and the whole family got sick, she was able to use the money from that cottage to keep on going. The reason the cottage is so important and the reason Emily is so important is because the cottage left a trail of documents that we were able to find. It was a subject of some friendly court cases, and so when we went down to the Library of Virginia and found all these court files, we were able to trace step by step every time that she had to go to court to sell the land or sell timber off of the land. She was also given a trustee because she couldn't read or write, and the document said that she had to unite with her trustee. So every time they wanted to do something, they had to go to court. Most people that were in Emily's situation after the Civil War, we have no documentation for. We don't know their stories. We don't even know their names. But because of these properties, we were able to track her down and get a very good idea of what her life was like and what life was like for single African-American women in the period after the Civil War. Now, where was the house originally? It was over in Manchester. Uh, It was given to her in 1866, and it was on 8th Street and Porter Street. And 8th Street kept getting its name changed until it became Commerce Avenue. And the, the address when the house was ready to be demolished was 209 Commerce Avenue. And in 2002, they were going to demolish it. It was owned by the city. I assume it was because of back taxes it got taken over. And the Association for the Conservation of Richmond Neighborhoods uh, saved it, and they talked a mover into moving it, and it went over down in Shaco Bottom. You actually took uh, this to the city because you had hoped that something could be done for the Winfrey Cottage. They have allocated $500,000 to renovate the cottage, and they're moving it back over to Manchester, and they're planning to in collaboration with the Valentine Museum to get a a resident African-American historian or artist to document the local history of African-Americans, and that person's going to live in that cottage. Virginians don't know how rich that history is, and they especially don't know the history between the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement. Being able to document Emily's trials and tribulations and successes and the success of her family members is very important because so many of those stories were lost, but you know that there were hundreds of thousands of people going through the same thing that Emily went through, and we'll never know that. Jan, I want to thank you so much for speaking with me. Oh, thank you so much for letting me talk about Emily. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM.
WBPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.